Hey friend, it's Chris. Welcome to Ecce Domino, Latin for Behold the Lord. Let's get beholding. A person who does not control himself is like a city whose walls have been broken down. Proverbs 25, 28, ICB. We're drawn to the superlative. This makes sense. The ordinary, by definition, doesn't stand out. It's mundane, blasé. The spectacular, though, whether it's awesome or awful, is hard to ignore. I often wish I were more... something? It's nebulous, but there's this nagging sense of if only. Again, the people of Israel did what the Lord said was wrong, so he let the Philistines rule over them for 40 years. There was a man named Manoah from the city of Zorah. Manoah was from the tribe of Dan. He had a wife, but she could not have children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife. He said, you have not been able to have children, but you will become pregnant and have a son. Don't drink wine or beer. Don't eat anything that is unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son. You must never cut his hair because he will be a Nazarite. He will be given to God from birth. He will begin the work of saving Israel from the power of the Philistines. Judges 13, 1-5, ICB. Samson was a chosen one. Not the chosen one, that's Jesus, but he was set up for greatness. His birth was miraculous and heralded. An angel appeared directly to a barren woman with special instructions to raise him. God had allowed the Philistines to oppress the Israelites because of their sin. Typically, they would repent before he sent a deliverer. This time, God is proactive. These are his people, his children who bear his name. He's not indifferent to their suffering, though they deserve it. What's a Nazarite, though? The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites, a man or a woman might want to promise to belong to the Lord in a special way. This person will be called a Nazarite. During this time, he must not drink wine or beer. He must not drink vinegar made from wine or beer. He must not even drink grape juice or eat grapes or raisins. While he is a Nazarite, he must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine. He must not even eat the seeds or the skin. During the time he promised to belong to the Lord, he must not cut his hair. He must be holy until this special time is over. He must let his hair grow long. During his special time of belonging to the Lord, a Nazarite must not go near a dead body. Even if his own father, mother, brother, or sister dies, he must not touch them. This would make him unclean. He must still keep his promise to belong to God in a special way. While he is a Nazarite, he belongs to the Lord. Number 6, 1-8, to eight, ICB. Normally, a Nazarite vow is voluntary and temporary. In this case, God decided Samson would be a Nazarite for life. This comes with three instructions. No razors, no grapes, no uncleanliness. Honestly, this mostly just sounds inconvenient. But God is claiming Samson for himself. It's interesting that God doesn't expect Samson to complete the rescue of the Israelites from the Philistines. They're still oppressed hundreds of years later. You know what's weirdest to me about this weird, very weird story? God knew all of the way Samson was going to royally screw this up, and he didn't amend his plans. He didn't bequeath his spirit or the Nazarite vow to someone purer or worthier. Samson's tale is one of the most offensive in the Bible. He's selfish and self-destructive, and his people pay the price over and over again for his stupidity. But God. So the woman gave birth to a boy. She named him Samson. 
Samson grew, and the Lord blessed him. The Spirit of the Lord began to work in Samson. This was while he was in the city of Mahanadan. It is between the cities of Zorah and Eshtaol. Judges 13, 24-25, ICB. And that's pretty much the high point of the narrative. Samson decides to marry a Philistine girl. He doesn't have any groomsmen. This is a pattern. Samson is always alone. So the Philistines assign him 30. Samson stumps them with a riddle, betting them clothes. They can't solve it, so they threaten his wife and her family. She cries and nags until Samson gives in. Then she sells him out. Also a pattern. Maybe, you know, talk to your husband about the death threats? He loses it and kills 30 other Philistine men, then gives their clothes to his groomsmen. And he abandons his wife, who's recycled to the best man. But God is all over this story. Samson's parents did not know that the Lord wanted this to happen. He was looking for a way to start a fight with the Philistines. They were ruling over Israel at this time. The Spirit of the Lord entered Samson with great power. Samson tore the lion apart with his bare hands. For him it was as easy as tearing apart a young goat. But Samson did not tell his father or mother what he had done. The Spirit of the Lord entered Samson and gave him great power. Samson went down to the city of Ashkelon. He killed 30 of their men and took all their clothes and property. He gave those clothes to the men who had answered his riddle. Then he went to his father's house, very angry. Judges 14, 4, 6, 19, ICB. The next chapter is more of the same. Samson has a change of heart and misses his wife. He wants to see her, but her father says she's got a new husband. But Samson said to him, Now I have a good reason to hurt you, Philistines. No one will blame me. Judges 15, 3, ICB. Samson destroys the Philistines' grain and vineyards and olive trees. The Philistines end up burning Samson's wife and father to death as they threatened at the wedding. Then Samson said to the Philistines, Since you did this, I will hurt you too. I won't stop until I pay you back. Judges 15, 7, ICB. Samson again goes on a killing spree, then hides in a cave. His own people, 3,000 soldiers from the tribe of Judah, bind him and hand him over to the Philistines. The Israelites don't consider him a hero. He's a loose cannon that makes life harder for everyone. When Samson came to the place named Lahai, the Philistines came to meet him. They were shouting for joy. Then the Spirit of the Lord entered Samson and gave him great power. The ropes on him became weak like strings that had been burned. They fell off his hands. Samson found a jawbone off it of a donkey that had just died. He took it and killed a thousand men with it. Judges 15, 14 to 15, ICB. But wait, there's more. Samson was very thirsty, so he cried out to the Lord. He said, I am your servant. You gave me this great victory. Do I have to die of thirst now? Do I have to be captured by people who are not circumcised? Then God opened up a hole in the ground at Lahai, and water came out. When Samson drank that water, he felt better. He felt strong again, so he named that spring Collar Spring. It's still there in Lahai to this day. So Samson judged Israel for 20 years. That was in the days of the Philistines. Judges 15, 18 to 20, ICB. This is the first and less famous of Samson's prayers. It's noteworthy that God heard him. The next chapter is the most familiar. Samson visits a Philistine prostitute. The citizens of Gaza prepare to ambush him at dawn. But Samson leaves at midnight. The gates have been closed, so he tears them off and carries them with him. Again, a man who is dedicated to the Lord and supposed to free Israel from the Philistines is literally sleeping with the enemy. After this, 
Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah. She lived in the valley of Sorek. The kings of the Philistines went to Delilah. They said, try to find out what makes Samson so strong. Try to trick him into telling you. Find out how we could capture him and tie him up. Then we will be able to control him. If you do this, each one of us will give you 28 pounds of silver. Judges 16, 4 to 5, ICB. In the Q&A of Loveology, Tammy Comer observes, you can't choose who you fall in love with, but you can choose who you spend time with. Samson's defining trait is his impulsiveness. A close second is his arrogance. Why does this man keep chasing Philistine women? Notice the Philistines themselves have changed up tactics, bribery instead of intimidation. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me why you are so strong. How could someone tie you up and take control of you? Samson answered, someone would have to tie me up. He would have to use seven new bowstrings that have not been dried. If he did that, I would be as weak as any other man. Then the kings of the Philistines brought seven new bowstrings to Delilah. They had not been dried. She tied Samson with them. Some men were hiding in another room. Delilah said to Samson, Samson, the Philistines are about to capture you. But Samson easily broke the bowstrings. They broke like pieces of string burned in a fire. So the Philistines did not find out the secret of Samson's strength. Then Delilah said to Samson, you've made me look foolish. You lied to me. Please tell me, how could someone tie you up? Judges 16, 6 to 10, ICB. It was my friend Phil who pointed out that this happens three times. Delilah asks Samson for his secret. He lies. She betrays him. He's fine. He knows what she's trying to do. Whatever he says, she'll test. She's seeking his weakness. She's clearly not trustworthy. But he's already given her his heart. Here's the most chilling line, though. He woke up and thought, I'll get loose as I did before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Judges 1620b, ICB. Samson is balded and blinded, abandoned by Delilah. When he's not grinding grain for the Philistines, he's a trophy to be paraded at their parties. For the first time in his life, Samson is truly humbled and helpless. Here's what hope looks like. But his hair began to grow again. Judges 16.22, ICB. It's not like Samson's strength came from his hair. Paul took a Nazarite vow and did not become Hercules. Samson's strength came from God, and he finally realized it. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. He said, Lord God, remember me. God, please give me strength one more time. Let me pay these Philistines back for putting out my two eyes. Then Samson held the two center pillars of the temple. These two pillars supported the whole temple. He braced himself between the two pillars. His right hand was on one and his left hand was on the other. Samson said, let me die with these Philistines. Then he pushed as hard as he could and the temple fell on the kings and all the people in it. So Samson killed more of the Philistines when he died than when he was alive. Judges 16, 28-30, ICB. Samson's story ends in suicide. A city without walls is vulnerable. Self-control is self-defense. Here are a couple of other translations. A person who does not control his temper is like a city whose wall is broken down. Proverbs 25, 28, Christian Standard Bible. Like a city breach without a wall, so is an impatient man. Proverbs 25, 28, Aramaic Bible in plain English. God worked sovereignly through Samson despite his numerous flaws, but they were never partners, never friends. I don't know that Samson had any friends. It's hard to be in relationship with someone so tempestuous. This is part one. There will be a part two. For now, 
I repent of my prayers for power and privilege. Samson's strength did not keep him safe. It made him weak. Alternately, but the Lord said to me, my grace is enough for you. When you are weak, then my power is made perfect in you. So I'm very happy to brag about my weaknesses. Then Christ's power can live in me. So I'm happy when I have weaknesses, insults, hard times, sufferings, and all kinds of troubles. All these things are for Christ. And I am happy because when I am weak, then I am truly strong. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10, ICB.